Praise the Lord. Come on now, praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Did you enjoy Pastor Heisey? That was awesome. That was awesome. Before I ask you to sit there, there is no man of God who will say, God is blessing me financially, but I don't believe in giving. Nobody. If you know of any, report to Pastor Mario. There is nobody. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. Let me give you this testimony before I ask you to sit down and I'll take you to my room. You know, there was a guy in our church in Houston. This guy has been there from the beginning, the first five, seven years. He will come to church. He said he wants to be a worker. Okay, he was working in the engineering department, you know, the, the son's people. And uh, he has a lot of problem with his marriage. There was a time the church has to help him to pay his rent, $750 per month. He couldn't even afford it. But he kept on hearing the word of God. At times he will come to church, he will disappear, he will reappear, he will disappear, he will reappear. But this time around, he decided to stay. And he was hearing me talking about how you can change your finances. It became a sow of the world, of the seed. And the Lord gave him and his wife an idea to start a business. And when they started this business, they kept on being faithful. They kept on being loyal. And we kept on prophesying to their business. Do you know, I told the church, I said, it is not enough for you to pay your personal tithes. You need to pay your business tithe as well. That is how God can continue to bless you and bless your business. Do you know, as I'm talking now, the last tithe this guy gave some months ago is over a million dollars. When he brought it, I look at the check, I said, how did you get this? He said, you are the one who taught us. And when he started doing that, during the COVID period, 2020, you know, hear, hear this. He said, it's been, you know, it's, you know, his business, it's been maybe $50,000 a profit per day, you know, per month or something. But in the time of COVID, he said he made the largest profit ever. And to the glory of God, this guy is just buying properties all around Houston. Why am I saying this thing to you? He started with nothing. He had the word of God. He came to the word of God. The word of God turning around. For my own, I'm going somewhere because we need to understand this. I used to drive a car called Lexus 400 LX. 
1997, 1998, 1999. So I went for a conference like this. And the man of God was preaching. He said, some of you and he pointed to my direction. You need to sell your car and bring the seed to the house of God. I said, minus me. Get behind me, Satan. No, you, you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> the man will preach another five, seven minutes. He will come back and say, I said, some of you. He wasn't referring to me, but I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. He said, you got to get that car out. I knew the third time the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I returned back to the city of Houston. I called one of my guys, said, this car is a gunner. Sell it. We got the money and I laid it down. Guess what? Somebody who, I didn't have any other car. For your information, no other car. And so I was preaching. I said, some of you, you know, your problem is that you don't know where to park your extra car. You are parking it on the main road and it's constituting an hindrance to people. You need to give your car. I wasn't referring to myself. The pastor came, I mean, the brother came to me and he said, truly, truly, pastor, you are talking to me. I have three cars, two in my garage and the last one on the street. Do you know of anyone who needs a car? And the Holy Spirit said, you need a car. He gave it to me under accord. Mind you, no AC, no you know, no eater. And I drove that car for 18 months in the city of Houston. If you have never been in Texas before, Texas can be seriously hot in summer. No AC, no eater. Guess what? And the Lord spoke to me. You will never, never lack cars in your life again. Why am I telling you all these things? You have your own testimony. Anytime God wants to change your level, he will ask you to sow a seed. I sowed that particular seed. Before you know what happened, God began to bless me. Like Pastor Isaac said, I can say the same thing. There is no car. No car I cannot drive. I cannot buy even by the grace of God on my life. Guess what happened? What kind of car is the biggest car in the world? You can say Rolls Royce. Do you know that two years ago, Pastor Marion, somebody gave me a Rolls Royce. Are you following what I'm talking about? Somebody gave me what? A Rolls Royce. And I look at myself, boy from Africa. You want to be driving Rolls Royce? I won't tell you what I deal with it. Lift up your hands to heaven this morning. Please, the Lord of heaven is going to bless you. Your life will never be the same again. Say with me, say, Father, I receive your word. As I'm obeying your word, take my life to the next level. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Please, you may be seated. We continue this morning. Please, if you don't have your seed today, make sure you bring it tomorrow. Seed, sacrificial seed must be something that will cost you something. Break your limitation. 
and do what you have not been able to do before. I believe it was one of your pastor's friends who was speaking some years ago in California in Pastor Shagun's office. You were there, Pastor Bill. He said, you know, some of you have never given your offering in six figure salary, I mean six figure before. And up to that particular time, have given a lot of sacrifice, but not in six figure. But I made up my mind by the grace of God, I'm going to step into it. So that year, I gave a sacrificial giving of six figure. My life turned around for the better. So please, to change the level, you need to do something you have never done before. And God of heaven will help you. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. In the race of life, there are four sets of people in the race of life. There are people that are crawling. They are crawlers, crawlers, crawlers. But if you are a crawler, your movement or your mobility will be limited. You can only crawl from here, maybe to Pasumarian's office. I don't know much of this city, but I know you can't crawl from here to the hotel where I stay. Before you know what happened, your knee will be out. Many people are crawler in the race of life. God doesn't want you to be a crawler. Another set of people are the walkers. They walk. They walk. Their movement may be better than the crawler, but it can still be limited. You can walk from here to the hotel or to the airport, but by the time you get to the airport, you need to sit down and take your breath. Because your leg will be aching. You, if someone happens to be a walker, it's better than the crawler. But that's not the best. The third group of people are the runners. Running, running, running. They can run faster than the crawler. They can walk fast. I mean, they can run faster than the walker. But there are places you can't run into. Can you imagine somebody wants to crawl from here, let's say to Chicago or to Atlanta? There is no way he could do, I mean, he can do it. If you want to walk from here to Chicago or to Atlanta, you have to be staying on the way for some time. Am I right? Because it will take days. But if you want to walk, if you are running, that's number three, you are running. You will get to Atlanta faster than someone that is walking, though it will be a lot of energy. That's not the will of God for you also. 
You can crawl. Thank God for your knees. You can walk. Thank God for your two legs. You can run. Thank God for your two legs. You can say, well, I can run, I can walk from here to Los Angeles, all the way to America, every American city. I know it will take me time, but I will get there. But if you have to go to Europe, and you have to cross the Atlantic Ocean, or you want to go to any part of Asia, like say Japan, and you have to cross Pacific Ocean, and you don't know how to swim, even if you know how to swim, how long can you swim? You need to become a flyer. Somebody say a flyer. Say amen to that. Amen. A flyer in the race of life. That is the ultimate for you. If you have been a worker, God wants you to change your level to become a worker. If you have been a worker, God wants you to change your level to become a runner. And if you have been running all this while, there is other area you need to become a flyer. Now, if you have been flying, what is the next thing? You need to be soaring like an eagle. Somebody say soaring like an eagle. Now, how can you become a flyer in the race of life? Somebody say wisdom. Say it louder. Thank God for power. Like I said yesterday, you need power to start your business, to gather all your clients. If you are a pastor like me, you need power to bring people together. There must be miracle. When people are sick of their sicknesses, you need to be able to lay hands on them and cast out that spirit of sickness. You need power even to do miracles. The Bible says, this son shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. You need power to gather the people together. But when people come together, they know you can pray. They know you can lay hands on people. It takes wisdom to retain the people you have brought together. It takes wisdom for your business to get grounded and established. It takes wisdom for your life not to be, you know, in trouble. Because if you are just focusing on power, power, power all the time without wisdom, anointing without wisdom can kill. Look at light, electricity. It will produce light, but if you misuse it, it can kill also. Thank God for the power of God. That is just one leg you need. You must not lose heat. But for you, look at me the way I'm standing now. You say I'm not stable. That is the leg of power. It's moving me around. But I need the second leg, which is the leg of wisdom. Look at me standing now. With this, I can walk, I can run, and I can fly. Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. So this morning, I'll be talking about what I call the power of divine wisdom. The wisdom of God in a man 
is the key to a world of wonders and a world of fulfillment. The power of wisdom is the key to a world of wonders and fulfillment. And it is the bedrock of creativity. The world we live in today is the world of the wise. The world of the wise. The wise rule here. If you don't want to be anything in life, you don't need wisdom. But if you want to live and you want to make waves, you want your business to prosper, you want your ministry to grow, you need wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. You remember when you are in college, to, for those of us who have the privilege of going to college, there are what we call, you know, core courses that you need to pass. And there are elective courses. If you pass all the elective courses and you fail the core courses, you are not going to graduate. You need to understand that. In the world of the spirit, in the kingdom of God, the wisdom of God is the principal thing. The principal cause you must pass. With all your anointing, without wisdom, it will not take you anywhere. With all your prayers, without wisdom, it will not take you anywhere. That's the reason why the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. It said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding. Proverbs, let's go there. Let me show you something there. Proverbs chapter 4, I read from verse 5. It said, get wisdom. Verse 5, please. Thank you. It said, get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse 6, it said, verse 6, we're reading it out, okay? Do not forsake wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love wisdom, and she will keep you. Why? Verse 7 now says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding. If I get all this, what will it do for me? Verse 8, he said, come on, verse 8. Exhort her, she will promote you. Wisdom is a promoter. She will bring you to honor. When you possess the spirit of wisdom, you will not only be promoted, you shall be honored. Somebody say, I shall be honored. Now, it says, when you embrace her, what else will he do for you? Come on now. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Power is very good, but power will not produce outstanding result into your life until you become wise. Somebody say wisdom. Say it again. So, the next question we need to ask ourselves is this. What is wisdom? Before I define what wisdom is all about, 
Remember in the Bible, there are different kinds of wisdom. There is what we call sensual wisdom, according to what the Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 3 from verse 13. James chapter 3 all the, from verse 13. It talks about sensual wisdom. Everything you get in school, from your elementary school or KG, even to your university or college level, you develop your sensual wisdom, ability to read, to write, to think in the natural way. That is sensual wisdom. You may attend the best university, the best college in the nation, in the world, MIT, you can call it Harvard Business School, Yale, whatever. All that one can do for you, it will limit you into the natural wisdom. That is not the wisdom of God. The second wisdom the Bible talks about is diabolical wisdom. The wisdom of the devil that makes people to do evil things. They invent terrible things. When you see witches and wizards trying as much as possible to destroy the life of people, what are they doing? They are using diabolical wisdom to destroy the destiny of other people. But there is a third wisdom called divine wisdom. Everyone say divine wisdom. It comes from above. Let it be known to you. And for your information, don't ever compare God's wisdom. You know, we used to say when we were in school, wise, oh, that guy is a wise man. Oh, this one is wiser. Among the three of them is the wisest. God is not the wisest God. Can I hear your amen? God is not the wisest God. God is the only wise God. God. His wisdom can never be compared. God is the only wise God. The Bible says, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. So, when they say you are wise, what God, is, I mean, what they are saying is that I can see the spirit of wisdom in you. God is trying to demonstrate his wisdom, showing it through you. So when they say you are wise, don't say, well, I attended the best school. No, it is because of the glory of God upon your life. So the only wise God, his wisdom is supreme. His wisdom is the perfect wisdom. It is the kind of wisdom I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about diabolical wisdom. I'm not talking about natural wisdom. I'm talking about divine wisdom. Somebody say divine wisdom. Like I told you also yesterday, anointing has levels. Anointing on the ankle, the second one on your knee, the third one on your waist, and then the another tie is the oceanic anointing that you can fly with or you can swim in. The same thing happened with the wisdom of God. Let me bring it back. Pastor Isaac was talking about faith this morning. Faith has level. There is what we call the word of faith. Somebody say the word of faith. That's number one's level. That's the basic. Number two is the gift of faith. Are you following what I'm talking about? And number three is what we call the spirit of faith. So we have the same spirit according to what, you know, you know, something like that. The same thing happens to wisdom. Among 
all of us believers, our wisdom must graduate. Are you following what I'm talking about? The first one is that you can call it the word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? In James chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. All you need to do to get wisdom is to ask God. That is the basic level of wisdom. But you need to continue to grow in wisdom before you can get to the second level of wisdom. What is the second level of wisdom? The gift of wisdom. Somebody say the gift of wisdom. The Lord Jesus Christ was talking. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. Are you following what I'm talking about? Then the third level of wisdom is what we call the spirit of wisdom. Somebody say the spirit of wisdom. So there is a word of wisdom, there is a gift of wisdom, and there is another one called the spirit of wisdom. Can I hear your amen? amen. Now, having established all this, as long as you are born again, I believe in one way or the other in your life, you have asked for the, the word of wisdom. Lord, I need wisdom. You pray for it. Some of us are operating in the gift of wisdom. Only few people are operating in the spirit of wisdom. Now listen. How do you operate in the spirit of wisdom? It is the same thing I told you yesterday. You begin to pray in the spirit. Somebody say pray in the spirit. Number two, you begin to study the word of God. When the word of God becomes your food, the word of God fills you to the capacity, the spirit of wisdom will come upon you. One thing I want to tell you about praying the spirit, like I said to you yesterday. If you are the type that knows what is going on in the world today, the war between Israel and the terrorists called the Hamas. I'm so sorry about it. If you are a born again Christian, you'll be pro-Israel. Am I right? Am I safe here? You'll be pro-Israel. Why do you think by the time the Hamas people attack Israel, Israel did not enter into Gaza even with their troop soldiers? They didn't do that because they know that if they enter into Gaza at that particular period, there are a lot of tunnels under the ground. The Palestinian people will just be killing them. I mean, Palestinian people will just be killing them just for fun. But they recognize something. We can take down all their ammunition from the sky. We can bombard them. We can destroy all their military installation from the sky. So that by the time we want to get into Gaza, even with our foot soldier, it won't be any problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. If you really want to destroy all the installation of the devil 
in your life, in your church, in your community, you don't pray in understanding alone. You pray in the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. As you are praying in the spirit, you are bombarding the installation of the devil here on earth. Somebody say amen to that. It is the language the devil does not understand. It is the power that is from above. You are talking to God. The ammunition from God is coming down to destroy every devil in your life. So the wisdom in it is this. To obtain that spirit of wisdom, you must be in person to pray in the spirit. Can I hear your amen? amen. You must be in person to study the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Now, I haven't laid this. What is wisdom? What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to know what God is saying concerning a particular issue in your life and applying that word of God to it. Let me come again. Wisdom is the ability to know what God is saying concerning a particular issue in your life and you apply the word of God into it. What is the meaning of that? You take your life where I am looking for a job. I need a good paying job. I've been living with my mama, with my dad, with my, you know, with my cousin, all this while. They have been the one paying my bill. And I need to walk because the Bible tells me that anyone that will not walk is not permitted to eat. I need to walk. Lord, what is your word says? You look for the scriptures that promise you that it will bless the work of your hand. And as you are searching the word of God, you came across the word of Psalm. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Psalms, the book of Psalms. He said, blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of discomfort, but his delight shall be in the law of his law. In his law, he meditate day and night, and it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in due season. His leaves shall never wither, and whatever he does, what happened to him, shall prosper. So I need to walk, and my work must prosper. I'm a businessman. My business is not growing the way I want it to grow. But God, your word says, whatever I do shall prosper. You now begin to get that word into your spirit, man, like we are told about the faith this morning, you put action to it. You don't look down on your business. When somebody asks you, how about your business? You say, we are doing great. My business is prospering. My business is expanding. My life is working. Why? Because you choose to believe the word of God. Can I hear your amen? amen. You are acting on what the word of God says. That is wisdom. 
That is wisdom. Maybe your problem is that there are evil people around you and they have been tormenting you. There are witches and wizards who tells you that you are not going to prosper or you find yourself in a way whereby all these demonic people are ganging against you. What does the word of God say about that? In the book of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, the Bible says no weapon. Everyone say no weapon. It's a no weapon that formed against me shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn them. That is application of God's word. Don't wait for God to condemn the devil. You be the one to condemn the devil because you believe in the word of God. So, ability to know what God is saying and apply the same word to yourself, that is wisdom of God. We were told yesterday in my testimony, I was poor and broke. I have to locate what the word of God says for my financial liberty. And when I located that word, on that day, I stopped seeing myself as a poor man. In 1995, I got married December 17, 1994. And I came to the United States of America in 1995. So when I came, we started a church, not Dominion International Center at the time. I didn't have any other suit apart from the suit I wore on my wedding day. But when you see it, I have only one pair of shoes, one suit, maybe white shirt. I discover he had already taken my poverty away. He took my poverty and he gave me his wealth. So I didn't look at what I don't have. I was behaving the way the word of God says I should behave. I will wash my shirt. I will dry clean it or I will hire on it Monday to Monday. That is what I was wearing. One suit. Nobody knows. Thank God it was a black suit. <laughs> so I was doing that because I believe the word of God. Now another definition of faith. Believing God. Obeying God and behaving God. Somebody say behaving God. You are behaving that I know the word of God tells me that I can never be poor again. So my word, my walking, my talking is not speaking poverty. It's speaking prosperity. It's speaking health. Somebody say that is wisdom. Wisdom is applying what the word of God says to your situation. Let me give you another one and then we move on. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing the way to go. The steps to take and things to do concerning the issues at hand. Wisdom. Is knowing the way to go and going there. Knowing the steps to take and taking it. Knowing what to do.
do and doing it. Many people know what to do, but they will never do it. Many people know the step to take, but they will never take it. Like we're talking about, if you want to change your financial position, sow a seed. Some people say, well, if I sow a seed, I'm not stupid. I know how hard I work for this money. I can't allow one guy from Africa to come and sweet talk me to give my money. I'm smarter than that. You stay in poverty. You know what to do, but you refuse to do it. You know the step to take, you refuse to take it. So, but when you know what to do and you are doing it, when you know the step to take and you are taking it, it's only a matter of time. Your story will change for the better. I always tell people, success, there is nothing mystical about success. Success is not mystical. If you see someone who is succeeding, instead of running your mouth, study them. What are the things they are doing? Begin to do it. What are the steps they are taking? Begin to take it. Before you know what happens, before you know what happens, you will command the kind of report or result they are commanding. Somebody say amen to that. So, what is wisdom? The scriptural way to go. The scriptural steps to take and the scriptural things to do. Matthew chapter 7. Let's read Matthew chapter 7. Look at what the Bible says from verse 24. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 24. I'm waiting for you guys. Good job. Good job. You are doing a fantastic job. He said, therefore, look at that. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, not just writing them down, not just keeping them maybe somewhere. You heard the word, you do it. You are not hearers alone, but you are a doer of the word. He said, therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Somebody say, I'm a wise man. Say it louder. I cannot hear you. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Look at that. Verse 25. And the rain descended. The floods came. And the wind blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. It was a doer of the wall. But there is another side. Come on, verse 26. Come on, let's go. He said, but everyone who hears this saying of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27. And I said, and the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew, and, the, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was his fall. He knows what to do, but he will never do it. He knows the step to take, but he will never take it. Two streams conference has come. Let it be known to you. This meeting was not put together because Pastor Marion and Pastor Steph, they didn't know what to do. It takes a lot of money to bring somebody like me, to bring somebody like Pastor Heisey, like Dr. Koya and our dear brother here, even to come and minister to you. You will 
do yourself a word of favor if you will put everything you are being taught into practice. You may not agree with it, but just do it. Have you forgotten what Jesus told the servant? He said, I mean, Mary mother, Mother Mary told the servant about what Jesus will do. He said, whatever he tells you to do, what do you do? Do it. That is the key to your breakthrough. That is the key to your success in life. Don't just hear the word alone. Be the doers of the word. Somebody say amen to that. I come again, the scriptural way. What is wisdom? The wisdom of God is scriptural way to go, scriptural step to take, and scriptural things to do. And when you are a wise man, you will never be confused in your life again. When you have the spirit of wisdom I'm talking about, you will never be confused again. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ find himself in a crusade ground where 5,000 men were in attendance. And in a, you know, in a crusade ground where you have 5,000 men in attendance, you can say 6,000 women. Let's say 5,500 children. Had them together, and they were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the apostles came to him, Master, we can't let these people go. We have to feed them. And he looked at them, he said, what can we do if we want to feed these people? John chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. When Jesus asked that question, the Bible tells us that, and Jesus knew what he will do. In every time of your life, if you possess this wisdom, you will always know what to do. Lift up your hands to heaven. Say, Father. Say it louder. Say, Father. I receive the spirit of wisdom into my life. All the days of my life I will never be confused again. I will always know what to do. Like Jesus, my Savior. Amen. Do you believe that? You receive it right now. Now as we continue, as we continue, what is the role of divine wisdom? Let me quickly move you out of the, I mean, to that. What is the role of defined wisdom? Why do I need defined wisdom in my life? Why do I need defined wisdom in my marriage? Why do I need defined wisdom in the church ministry? Why do I need it in my school? Why do I need it in my career, in my profession? Define wisdom. The people of the world are using diabolical wisdom. You need to possess super higher wisdom in order to Beat them down. What is the role or what are the role of defined wisdom? Number one, defined wisdom helps you to be creative. Somebody say it helps me. It helps me to be creative. It is an instrument for creating all things. Defined wisdom helps me, helps you to be creative. In the book of Psalm 102, I believe, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, 
I believe, sorry, 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 let me come again. Psalm 104, verse 24. Psalms 104, verse 24. The Bible says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom you have made them all. The heart is full of your possessions. In wisdom. Somebody say in wisdom. Everything you've seen in the world today was created by divine wisdom. By divine wisdom. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says in the beginning there was war. And another verse 2 now said, there was confusion all around. The world happens to be without shape, without form. The wisdom of God came into creation. He said, and let there be light. And there was light. In every area of your life where you need improvement, the spirit of God will help you to create it. Can I hear your amen? So the wisdom of God helps you to be creative. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 19, you can write it down. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. The Bible says, by the wisdom of God, the Lord Almighty founded the half. The world we live in today, he said, the Lord by wisdom founded the half. And by understanding, he established the heavens. Everything you want in your life, in your business, in your career, in your profession can be created by the Power of wisdom. Somebody say amen. amen. So you need wisdom to be creative. One of our pastors in the city of Houston, blessed memory, has gone to be with the Lord now. I told them, I said, if you are a born again Christian and you have the spirit of God inside of you, you can never be confused. You don't have to be confused. I said, if there is any problem at work, and nobody can solve that problem. All you need to do, go to the restroom. If you are sharing an office with someone, but if you have only one office to yourself, I say lock yourself in your office just for five minutes. Put your head on your, on your table and say, Holy Spirit, you can never be stranded. Holy Spirit, you can never be confused. There must be a way out. What is the solution to this problem? And the Bible tells me, and you shall hear a word from behind you saying, this is the way. Yes. He had the word. And there was confusion at work. They didn't know what to do. He remembered the word of God. He just, you know, he just put his head on the table. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of wisdom. There must be an answer to this problem. Guess what happened? The Holy Spirit, he was hearing the Holy Spirit. Do this, do that, do that, there will be a solution. Exactly what he did. He became part share owner of the business by that wisdom. Since I discovered this, with all humility, I have never been confused on anything. I, all, I know what step to take by the spirit of God. Are you following what I'm talking about? You can never be confused again. The problem many of you are having is because you don't apply the wisdom of God. But from today, testimony is coming on your way. Say amen to that. Number two. Number two. Number two. Define wisdom 
helps you to solve every problem. Challenge that comes on your way. Every problem that comes on your way, the fine wisdom will help you to solve it. Daniel chapter 2, you can write it down because of time, verses 14 to 19. Daniel chapter 2, from verse 14 all the way to 19. King Nebuchadnezzar, we call him King Nebu, <laughs> slept in his bed. And he had a dream. He woke up in the morning. He said, Call all the wise men of Babylon for me. I had a dream yesterday. And the question I want to pose to them is they, they must remind me of my dream. And they must interpret the dream for me. That is a stupid quest, you know, request to me. I wasn't with you on your, in your house. We were not sleeping together in the same bed. Even if we are sleeping together in the same bed, how would I be impossible to know the dream you dream? And now you are not telling me to interpret. I can help you if you tell me your dream. But he said, no, you have to tell me the dream and you have to interpret the dream to me. Or else I will get you killed. And they thought that he was joking. And there was a decree. If all these people cannot interpret the dream, they cannot tell me the dream, get them killed. And Daniel was in that particular place. A child of God like you. What did he do? Like I told you, he went back and he said, tell the king to hold on. You should just give me some days. I will come up with the answer. He went to meet God. Lord, you are the one that revealed the secret. You are the God of light. There is no darkness with you. Show me the dream of Nebuchadnezzar and the interpretation to it. You read it in the book of Daniel chapter 2 from verse 14 all the way to 19. And the Bible says in the night vision, God revealed it to him. What am I saying to you today? Anytime there is a problem, don't call it a problem. It's a challenge. Anytime you are facing any challenge, I want you to condition yourself that the one that is living in me is greater than that challenge. All you need to do is to separate yourself. It can be in prayer. It can be in fasting. Lord, there must be a solution. Let me give you an example. When I was in college, I studied mathematics. And in some wicked professors, they don't want you to graduate. And how many of us took that course? I mean, that mathematics course. I think we were 43 in numbers. And he came to the class, he said, I'm sorry, none of you passed the test. You all failed. And I sat at the back of the auditorium. I said, minus me. I didn't know he checked me. He looked at me. He knew me. When he finished all his discussion, he went back. You know what I did? I would go to his office. When he was in there, I will lay my hands upon the door and I will blast some tongue. Yakuka, brahangli kutusu, brahangli katata, litus kopraba. 
the heart of the king is in the hand of, I mean, the heart of the king is in the hand of the law. He turns it wider so ever as we. This man will not have peace of mind until he remarked the paper and declare means successful. I did it for three days. Before he goes to the office, I will just go there and lay hands on his, off, on his, table, I mean, on his door. Three days later, he came to the office. I mean, to the class. He said, well, what am I going to tell the dean of faculty that all of you fail? I remark your paper. Three people pass now. He said, but the surprising thing, that boy with a basket mouth is one of them. I said, I told you so. <laughs> you know what for my mentality, which I want to pass across to you? Can, if Jesus is writing examination, can Jesus fail? Answer me. Can Jesus fail? So, Jesus is in me. I can't see myself being a failure. The business you are doing, if Jesus happens to be the owner of that business, can that business fail? Your business will no longer fail. If you are driving a car, can, if Jesus is the one driving that car, can Jesus have an accident? No. So get all of this. Can Jesus be sick? Whatever cannot be found in Jesus is not permitted in your life. So I, I told you so. Because my mentality has been... If Jesus cannot fail, I cannot fail. We used to sing this song in Africa. I cannot fail, I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. I cannot fail, I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. Come on. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, because of Jesus, I'm not afraid, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, because of Jesus, I'm a winner, amen. I don't sing like Pastor Stair, you want us to sing that song now, come and say, I cannot fail, I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. Sing again. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. Come and put your hands together for Jesus. Number three. Define wisdom is the manufacturer of signs and wonders. Define wisdom will manufacture the miracles you want by obeying the word of God. Number four, define wisdom brings favor to everyone who carries it. When you are filled with the spirit of wisdom, define favor will continue to follow you because you will always have solution to people's problems. If there is any problem in your office, they know that you are not a problem carrier, but you are a problem solver. They will come to you. And as a result of that, you'll be favored. 
How do you think you can get promotion in your place of work? Solve more problems. And you cannot, I mean, you can only solve problems if you are wiser than your competitors. If you are wiser than your mates, are you following what I'm talking about? As long as you are wiser than your mate, before you know what happened, you will be upon, I mean, you will be their head. Promotion is coming upon your way in Jesus' name. Number five, define wisdom produces long life. Define wisdom produces long life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16a. It said, at his right hand, that is what you call long life. When you possess the spirit of wisdom, don't look for money. Don't work because of money. Look for the problem to solve by the spirit of wisdom. You will have more money you can spend all your life. Many people are working today because of money. Stop working for money. Money is your servant. Go for divine wisdom. Somebody said divine wisdom. When you solve people's problem, the people you are solving their problem will be the one to pay for it. If you want more money, the quality of the problem you are solving is what determines your dividend, what comes to your pocket. In those days, to be specific, 1996, I bought a home in the city of Houston at the time. And I needed to cut the grass to loam, you know, to mow the lawn. And I bought all this machine and I was struggling with it. And I may spend two hours and I will still not do a good job. But my neighbor, a Mexican guy would just come. Before you know what happened in 10 to 15 minutes, it's done. And the lawn happens to be very neat. And I ask myself, how much do I worth per hour? At that time, I calculated it. I should be making $2,000 an hour. And here, I'm spending two and a half hours. That is $5,000 trying to mow the lawn. And I asked my neighbor, how much do you pay that Mexican guy? He said 25 bucks. Me, $25? And I've been wasting $4,500 or $5,000 even to call my loan. I stop it. That period, I was investing on wisdom. Are you following what I'm talking about? If you want, there are some people today, there are some attorney, if you consult them, they will charge you $1,000 per hour. The quality of the problem you are solving is what determines what comes to your pocket. And for you to solve quality problems that will bring quality money, go for wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. wisdom. Say it louder. Don't ask your boss to raise you. Don't ask your boss to pay you more money if you don't have problem, more problem to solve. Are you following what I'm talking about? Be a problem solver. Don't be a problem carrier. Many people carry the problem on their head, but instead of solving it, but a child of God must not carry problem. He must solve it. Lift up your hands. Say, I receive the spirit of wisdom that solves people's problems in Jesus' name. So, define wisdom number five produces long life. 
And number six, the fine wisdom produces riches, honor. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16b. And finally, number seven, wisdom gives peace to those who have it. Katie, you want to, let me, okay, number five, the fine wisdom produces long life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16, stop disturbing your husband, okay? Number six, the fine wisdom produces on toe riches and honor. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16b. And finally, the fine wisdom gives peace to those who have it. Peace like a river. Somebody say peace. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 17. Peace like a river. How do you know you have the spirit of wisdom? Somebody say peace. In your heart. Peace in your heart. Wisdom because you know what to do. There will be no anxiety. There will be no apprehension in your life any longer. Now the next question we need to ask is that how do I get this wisdom? How do I get it? You know we are teaching. Dr. Coyle will be preaching in the evening. Amen. And the prophet will prophesy. Amen. So get the teaching. You need to understand God is a giver of divine wisdom. God is a giver of divine wisdom. How do I know? Wisdom I'm talking about is not an achievement. It is engracement. Somebody say engracement. It is only for those who fear God. It is only for those who are born again. If you are not born again, you are not entitled to God's wisdom. It will never come. But if you are born again and you fear the law, I tell you something, you are entitled to define wisdom and God is going to give it to you. How do I know? How do I know this? Listen to this. He gave it to Solomon. God gave divine wisdom to Solomon. You know the story of the young Solomon who became the king of the nation at the age of 20. And he appeared before the Lord because the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord. Meaning Solomon feared the law. Solomon is a lover of God. A lover of God will not go without the wisdom of God. Someone that fears God will not go without the love of God. Solomon loved the law. And God appeared to him. Boy, what do you want me to give to you? Solomon, what do you want me to give to you? Solomon was not asking for money. He wasn't asking for, you know, promotion. He wasn't asking for anything. He said, I need wisdom. Somebody say, I need wisdom. Remember, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. If you are seeking for money, when money comes, wisdom without wisdom, you will squander it. 
Have you not been told before, some people use their life to run after money, 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 at the detriment of their health. And by the time they got money, they lose their head. And the head, they lost. The money they've been working for, they will use the money they have been working for to buy back their health. Is that not an insanity? Go for wisdom. Help me to tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, go for wisdom. So God gave it to Solomon. God gave it to Solomon. First Kings chapter 4, verse 29. He gave it to Solomon. Number two. God gave Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, four Hebrew boys, he gave them the spirit of wisdom because of holiness, sanctification. Many Christians today, they are only Christians when they come to church. But after they leave the church, they are living like the people of the world. They talk like the people of the world. They dress like the people of the world. They go to the same places the people of the world are going to. You can't be cheated. You can't be two-sided. One leg in church, one leg outside the church. It will not work like that. Daniel purpose in his mind, I'm not going to defy myself with the hide you know, whatever they are they're doing in, in the land of Babylon. You need to be holy. Somebody say, I need to be holy. Do you know there is a message that is not popular in the church of, in, the, in many churches today? They don't talk to people about sin. They don't prepare people for eternity. Don't you know that Jesus is coming soon? You need to know, brother. You need to know, sister, if you want the spirit of wisdom in your life, you need to live a clean life. Somebody say a clean life. A life of holiness. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the law. You need to say bye-bye to sin. Some, what kind of music are you listening to? What kind of movies are you watching? You are watching a horror movie in the night and you are afraid. Oh, and when you are sleeping, some demons are pressing you down. You say, Pastor Marion, pray for me. Shut up your mouth. Stop watching horror movie. Many people today, they don't see anything wrong in going to nightclub. Some people will go to nightclub to go and sing. And they will still come to church to come and sing in church. And they think that God is not watching. Some people are not faithful with their marriage, with their spouses. These are the things that can corrupt someone. If you want the wisdom of God, you need to live straight. Somebody say clean life. Come on now. Somebody say clean life. You are not yet married, but you are sleeping with that girl. You are sleeping with that boy. Even if you say, well, I want to marry her, don't you know what the Bible says? Any sex outside marriage is a sin. He said marriage is honorable, but bed must not be defied. Anyone that defies the bed of marriage before he gets into it, we have the devil to contend with. Somebody say clean life. Say it louder. When you live a clean life, God will give it to you like he gave it to Hebrew boys. Who else? He gave it to Joseph. Joseph. 
Joseph got the spirit of wisdom according to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41 from verse 16. Genesis 41, verse 16 and verse 39. The spirit of wisdom, God gave it to Joseph. Why? Remember the story of Joseph. He was a slave boy who was sold to the Egyptian general called General Potiphar. And by the time the man knew Joseph, the wife of General Potiphar cast his eyes on, I mean, on him, sleep with me. Joseph said, no way. How can I do this thing and sin against God? Do you know the reason why people are sinning today? They don't fear God. And let me tell you, women, maybe your husband is not faithful at all. Don't fight him. All you need to do is to pray for the fear of God to come into the heart of that man. A man who does not fear God will do all kinds of stupid things. The same thing happens to a woman. Joseph said, your husband may not be here. All the servants may not be here, but there is only one God. He sees everywhere. I cannot do this thing and sin against God. Guess what happened? He landed Joseph in the prison. But from there, he became the prime minister. God gave him wisdom, even to protect the nation of Egypt. Somebody lift up your hand and say, Father, I receive that spirit of wisdom in Jesus' name. And finally, God gave it to Apostle Paul. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He gave it to Apostle Paul. He gave it to Solomon. He gave it to four Hebrew boys. He gave it to Joseph. And he gave it to Apostle Paul. I want you to stand up on your feet. Another ways you can receive the spirit of wisdom is by impartation. Somebody say impartation. Impartation by someone who carried that wisdom of God. Give it to me. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9. Let's read it. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9. We're closing on this. Deuteronomy Chapter 34, verse 9. Come on, brother. You are doing a fantastic job. Can we clap for them? Come on. Let's put up. You are doing good. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Okay, while we are waiting. Are you there? You know, I used to be hungry with the people in our church until I know that computer can be frozen. Okay. Do you have your Bible with you? All right. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Did you see that? There is a spirit called the spirit of wisdom. You know, we started the word of wisdom. If anyone lack wisdom, let, I mean, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask. That's number one. Number two. 
the gift of wisdom. There are nine gifts. Are you following? The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. That is a gift. But this one Joshua had now is the spirit of war, wisdom. Come on, let's read that scripture together. One, two, go. Now, everybody read with me. One, two, go. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord commanded. Today, if you desire the spirit of wisdom, the Lord told me to shake hand with you. And I may lay hands on some people. You can't give what you don't have. Moses had it and he laid his hand upon Joshua. And from that day forward, the people of Israel who used to see Joshua as the servant of Moses, they started obeying him. Beginning from now, wherever you go, people will be honoring you. Can I hear your amen? amen? There will be no more problem in your life that you cannot solve by divine wisdom. Hear this. Anytime there is a problem in any area of your life, always remember this. The spirit of wisdom is in you. And that wisdom Produces solution to every problem of life. Maybe your son or your daughter is giving you trouble. Lord, what are you saying concerning this situation, concerning my son? Whatever God tells you to do, do it. It can be about your health. Let it be known to you. It can be about your health. Whatever God tells you to do, what do you do? Do it. That's the way of the world. Faith makes no sense. Until you step into it, it will never work. I'm not preaching about faith because we have heard a lot about it. The same thing happens to the word of wisdom, to the spirit of wisdom. The world may be saying, this is where everybody is going. And the Holy Spirit may say, this is the way I want you to go. Let me give you one thing. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 24. Proverbs 11, 24. Look at the equation there. The Bible says there is one that has and is scattering it. Scattering it. You have something in your hand and you are throwing it away. Throwing it away. And the Bible says it's increasing. Increasing. But there is another one who has, but is withholding it. And the Bible says it leads to poverty. It doesn't make sense to give what you have. But God says, until you give, it will never multiply. You don't lack what you give. You only lack what you keep. Are you following what I'm talking about? You don't lack what you give. The Bible tells us, give and it shall be what? Given to you. God Gave and he 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 gave until he gave his only begotten son. He had only one begotten son, 
And God said, I want more sons and daughters. What did he do? He gave. The Bible says, for God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son. But today, because of the seed God gave in Jesus Christ, Dr. K, I tell you something, God had billions upon billions of sons and daughters. Those who are in heaven and those of us that are here because of one sacrifice. Yep. Yep. Abraham came prophet. Abraham gave and he gave and he gave and he gave until he gave Isaac away. And God said, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiply, I will multiply you. Through you, all the nations of the heart shall be blessed. We are all children of Father Abraham. Can I hear your amen? amen. What about Jesus? Jesus gave and he 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 gave until he gave himself on the cross of Calvary. God said, you did this for me for the redemption of humanity. I will promote you. And the Bible says, and God exalted the name of the Lord Jesus. That at the mentioning of the name of Jesus, how many knee we bow? All knee. He got promotion. Give your life to Jesus. Give your time to serve Jesus. Give your talent to serve Jesus. Give your treasure to serve Jesus. You will never lack what you give. Lift up your hands and say, Father, I receive your grace. To be a giver by divine wisdom in the name of Jesus.